take a walk and I took a walk in our neighborhood and I just began to to see what our neighborhood looked like today as it was a year ago you know I saw a couple of buildings uh, that were here today that were not there a year ago I looked at the individuals uh, that were walking around and as they walked around this year today they walked around a little bit different than they did a year ago today and uh, I thought about all the changes that were happening over one year's time. And I think that you can also experience the change as well that was happening in your life. If you think about a year today ago, uh, at this time, many of us were not quite sure what the year would actually behold in our personal lives, what it would behold in our church life, uh, what it would behold in the world in general. And uh, we were consistently understanding that God still had a plan in the midst of that. And as I walking around yesterday, you know, I was really uh, beholden upon that word that God had a plan. We didn't know what that plan was, but God still had a plan. And it reminded me of those famous words that you may have heard sometime in your life, that this too shall pass. You know, the, it's, it's, it's a, a surreal kind of moment where you understand that, that God is teaching us the power of impermanence, you know, which means that seasons of life are, are so temporary. We can actually focus on things that are happening in, in our life and, and not realize the grand picture and the grand scheme of things that are happening. And I, and I just wanted us to, to take stock, you know, this year, uh, 2021, as we began to engage in the spring, how much our life has changed, but yet and still how God has still remained true, how God has still remained the same, even when everything else was changing around our life. And that's what I want to argue today is that if we can understand how to consistently place ourselves in God, place ourselves in the word of Christ, no matter what's going on around us, we will always be in the best possible position in our life. So I want to encourage us because we're going to see freshly, you know, thinking about this year, how we were able to hear some things from God, but still remain true in him that actually led us to just overcome some of the difficulties that are happening in this world. And by, by doing that, what I first want to engage in us is just really thinking about, you know, what this passage is saying to us. So I want to start at the beginning. I want to start at verse 25, because I, I love how Jesus Christ started this uh, section that we are reading today. In verse 25, I want to read for us these words one more time again. Because they asked him a question, Jesus, who really are you? <laughs> and I love that question, just asking him, who really are you? And Jesus answered them in verse 25 by saying these words, just what I have been telling you from the beginning. You know, just what I've been telling you from the beginning. And, and I think that you can actually go all the way to the beginning of the, the, the beginning of creation. And God says, I am who I am because I am the creator of all the world. You know, before you were, I existed. Before anything was, I was still there. And Jesus Christ is, is hearkening us to understand that he's not just making a statement about who he is in the context of where they're living, but he's making an eternal statement. He's making the statement that is saying that I am who I am. You know, I am the creator of life. I am the one who has existed above all situations in this world, and I need you to really recognize who I am 
in the midst of that reality. Now, I wanted us to understand why that is so important to this audience and then why it's important to us. You know, I think it's really important to this audience here as they heard this, because what Jesus Christ was doing, if you understand these people, he was literally changing their life in the midst of their circumstances. You know, he was trying to get them to see that the way that they did church, you know, the way that they did life every single day was now changing because he was actually on the scene. And I wanted us to, to recognize that they were very good people, you know, good moral people. They weren't people who were, you know, out doing wrong. They weren't out pe people that were actually destroying other people's lives. But God was still telling them that I'm still going to change your life. I'm turning things upside down for you in a way that you would never, ever experience and actually realize that in your life. And I bring that to our experiences. I bring that to our reality because I believed without a shadow of a doubt last year that God was actually preparing us for some of the greatest change that will happen in our personal life, our church life, and even in the world, that there is change greatly happening in our life because God was up to something new. And we talked about that as a community consistently over and over again, how God was ready to do new in our life. But the key is, is that we needed to recognize that he was about to do something new and then get on his journey and get on the page that God actually desired us to be on. And so I love the fact that as we gathered together and, and discussed this community question, we began to hear some of the themes about what God was doing. You know, we talked about, you know, Matthew, like chapter five and chapter six, where actually it tells us and teaches us that we can't place our, our source and our focus on money because money is temporary. Money is something that will change. You know, God also tells us, you know, through the Apostle Paul in Philippians, that we have to consistently learn to let go of the experiences that we had in our past because God was always ready to do a new thing. And so we talked about so many of these things that actually God wanted us to focus on, to trust him, to trust in his word and not trust in the circumstances. And I wanted us to think about, you know, this word and this too shall pass because, you know, one of the things I think that makes it so difficult for us to realize that this too shall pass is that we have our own anxieties. We have our own worries that happen in this world that doesn't let us to focus on God's word, but instead focus on the things that are in our mind, the things that, that we are trapped in in this world. But God is consistently telling us that you've got to let go of your worries, you've got to let go of your cares so that you can actually place your trust in me. You know, oftentimes I think that also what gets in the way of actually us being able to trust in God's word is that we actually want to do things our way. You know, we don't always want to do it God's way. And when we do things our way, we're not able to understand that the God's plans are bigger than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And and we've got to recognize how to actually get ourselves into a place where we let go, you know, of those realities. And I've been very transparent with you all with that, that I fit in this same camp. I fit, you know, in this reality where I know that God is ready to do something different in me. I think he's ready to do something in my family. I think he's ready to do something in the church. But one of the things that I think that I struggle with as an individual is that I love to be in control. You know, I love to, to do things the way that I want to do them instead of really the way that 
someone else would do then and I have to be dependent on that, even if it's God himself. And so I've tried to discipline myself over the last several months to be able to understand, God, I want your ways. And I want to uh, train myself to understand, Lord, your ways are so much better than mine. You know, even if I think that I'm intelligent, even if I think I have the answers, I know that you have something better for me. And I've been able to say that transparently for all of us, because I also think that that's an area that we all personally can struggle with. You know, an area where we think that we have the answers, that we can do things the right way. And we really want to make sure that God blesses our plan instead of we actually getting on the path of where God desires us to be. And so I wanted to, to lead out front. You know, I wanted to, to actually go out before you and say that I'm right where you are, right in those same experiences of believing that I've got to actually let go of myself. You know, as the apostle John said it, you know, through the John, John the Baptist, that I must decrease so that he can actually increase. You know, those are the words that I think are so important to actually think about, uh, to live in as we actually have those experiences. And as we actually go here and, and, and think about what God is actually saying to us through, through this passage, you know, as you think about this year, you think about the realities of where God actually wants us. You know, I wanted us to now focus on a couple of words of where the scriptures actually begin to lead us. As God is sharing with us who he is, one of the things that he kept saying over and over again is these beautiful words that if we abide in him, that we shall end up being actually set free. And I want to read those words to you in the words that Jesus Christ actually has shared it with us. And so if you look at that, go down with me to uh, verse 31. And in verse 31, Jesus says these powerful words that uh, Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth shall actually set you free. Now, I wanted to speak on that so greatly because, you know, if you call yourself a Christian, I hope you would call yourself a disciple. You know, and, and a, a Christian is... Uh, a name that we ascribe to because we decided to follow Jesus Christ. But a disciple, as we read these words here, they're an individual who actually abides in the word of God. When I think about the word abide, it means remain. You know, I think about the word remain, it actually focuses on how I actually translated in our community question. It means that we've decided to trust in the words of Christ, irrespective of the situation that we've actually resolved in our life. You know, trusting in God's word means sometimes that, that we trust in something that that does not really make sense. You know, when we hear, you know, God tell us to place our trust in him financially instead of placing the trust on the financial systems or the job systems. God is saying that if you still trust in me, I'll give you something that is necessary in your life. And I, and I love that some of us were able to experience that this year, understanding that when we actually trust God, in one of the greatest areas of our life that tugs at us, that actually speaks to us, that actually moves in a direction in our heart, money. When we trust God over money, God says that I'll show you just what happens. I'll set you free so that you can actually experience something greater in your life. And uh, as we go here, what I, what I now wanted to, to do is I, I want to talk about a word, you know, that sometimes doesn't always get talked about in the church, but I want to talk about it in the church context, and it's the word called sin. And I want to talk about it because some of us are just like these Christians or these Jews here. And I'll say that some of us are 
you know, I call them Christians because Jesus said that the, the Jews who actually believed in him, once you start to believe in Jesus Christ, you become a Christian. And so when he says that there were some that actually believed in him, they started to abide in his word. And he begins to actually talk about this word sin, just as I want to talk about it, because he says in verse 34, Jesus answers, says, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. And he uses that word because he said that we have, they responded to him by saying, we have never been enslaved to anyone. How can you say that we actually shall be set free? And I wanted to talk to us in the same way that Jesus Christ was talking to these good people, to these individuals who actually were Jews who started to believe in Jesus Christ. They were good people following all that God said, but God still said that you were enslaved to sin. You know, why would Jesus Christ say that he were, they were enslaved to sin? Well, I want to start by us understanding, you know, the, the origins of sin you know, the origins of the reality of sin. And I have a couple of scriptures that I wanted us to look at, and you can either take notes or, or follow with me, you know, in your own Bibles. But I'm going to start with James chapter 1, verse 14. And here's these words that the scriptures actually say to us. Each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Every single time when you think about the word sin, think about your own selfish desires. I mean, because that's that's the, the heart of sin. The heart of sin isn't the fact that you do something wrong. It's the fact that God says that you have selfish desires in this world. And so I want to introduce to us a word called carnality. And I, and I love that we even heard the word carnality when we talked about our community question today. But carnality is a consistent state of pleasing yourself or over-pleasing Christ. It's a consistent state of pleasing yourself over pleasing Christ. And oftentimes what that means is that we, we are not choosing to glorify God. We're not choosing to glorify Christ. You know, even when we have a relationship with God, we want God to actually please us instead of actually living a life that actually pleases him. You know, that's why I love that phrase that John the Baptist gave us. He said, I must decrease so that he must increase. You know, it's a phrase that gets us the opposite of which is pleasing ourselves, but actually living a life that actually pleases God. And that's the whole key to actually being set free. It's the whole key of what Jesus Christ is saying here. You know, I, I know that you heard this phrase, you know, even in the secular vernacular, you know, they love to use that phrase that the truth will actually set you free. You know, but I love what Jesus Christ says with this. He doesn't just say that the truth sets you free. He says, abide in my word and you will know the truth and the truth will actually set you free. It's not truth itself that actually sets us free, but it's actually deciding to abide in God's word. It's deciding to actually trust that God's word is the answer for your life. It's the answer for my life. And when we understand that we trust that God's word is the answer for my life and the answer for your life, it means that I'm going to obey all that God is saying. I'm not just going to hear the truth. I'm not just going to have knowledge about the truth, but I'm actually going to live in the truth and let the truth actually live out of me. And when God says that when you do those things, that's when you actually be set free. That's when you actually will experience the blessing that I want you to experience. And what God wants us to experience is being set free 
from the selfish desires that we actually have in our life. He wants us to be free to actually worship him in a way that our first desire is actually pleasing God above all things. And I, and I beg you to understand that when we actually begin to please God above our own selfish desires, the things that we also want in life somehow begin to get uh, revealed to us. The things that we desire begin to actually be put into our own life. And so that's what I desire us to begin to talk about, begin to understand, you know, how this actually works in our life. So there's a couple passage passages where I actually want us to happen to, to look at, to see, not only in James chapter one, but I also want us to see Romans chapter eight, verse five, so that you can actually see it clearly how some other writers wrote it. Um, because they wrote exactly what Jesus Christ said, but in a way that will give us a little bit more understanding, a little bit more knowledge about it, and seeing if we would actually want to walk into that pathway. So the first one I'm going to look at is Romans chapter 8, verse 5. And so if you have your notes, or if you have your Bible, and you want to turn it with me, and you want to look at this later, uh, record for yourself Romans chapter 8, verse 5, so that you can actually see these words. Romans chapter 8, verse 5 says this, for those who actually live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit set their things on the mind of the spirit. And that is getting us an understanding of how to figure out this phrase carnality that I began to share with us. Because I share with us a, a good definition of carnality, but it's being able to, uh, I'll, I'll repeat it one more time for us again. I think that carnality is a consistent state of pleasing yourself over pleasing Jesus Christ. And then the Apostle Paul, you know, said in his words where he says in verse five, for those who live according to the flesh set their mind on the things of the flesh, but those who set their mind on the spirit set their mind on the things of the spirit. And he begins to even help us to understand that that is where freedom occurs. In verse six, he says, to set your mind on the flesh is death, but to set your mind on the spirit is life and peace. And, and if, I, if I can do my best to try to wrap the saying together with the Apostle John is saying and the Apostle Paul is saying is they're saying the same thing. They're both trying to get us into a life of freedom, you know, a life where where the Apostle Paul says that it's life and peace. You know, life and peace is when you follow Christ and do exactly what he has presented before us. You know, in spite of our anxiety, in spite of our worries, in spite of our selfish motive, we say that I'm going to lay that down so that I can actually do the things that God actually wants for me. You know, that's why it's so important for us to understand the mission statement of John, where he says in chapter 20, verse 31, that all of these things were written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ. And by believing, you may begin to have life in his name. You know, that's the whole key. And when we talk about this life, God is trying to set us free to begin to help us to understand what life looks like. And so I wanted us to, to think about what, what life looks like. And, and, and for me, I wanted us to get a, a practical example. And, and I've been thinking about how my life has kind of been set free, you know, over this last year. And one of the biggest things that I think that has been set free in my life is my mindset. You know, my mind has been set free because God has enabled me to actually start to see the things that he desires for my life even more clearly. And I think that before you can actually have practical change in your life, your mind has to begin to change. You know, the scripture says, as the man thinketh, so is he. And so, you know, it's really important that I begin to think that, you know, as I took my, my walk around the neighborhood, 
you know, I looked at certain buildings and I thought about the way that I thought about that building a year ago. I thought about the way that I thought about my life a year ago. And I recognize that I just don't think the same way that I think again, because God was able to transform my mind in a year's time where now I think about new things and I'm ready to do different things. My faith is at a different level today because God is saying you believe in new things and you're ready to do new things. And I think that that's where we've all needed to be. And I pray that some of us are there and I pray that those who are not there can actually hear this message and begin to say, I want to get on that pathway. You know, I want to actually get delivered from these issues that are holding me back a little bit to experience more of the life and peace that actually God actually has uh, for my life. And if that's you, I wanted to, to read one more scripture before I get back to the uh, what John is actually saying. I want us to turn to Philippians chapter two, and I wanted to see what the Apostle Paul said here in this book as well, uh, just so I can give us just a little bit more meat. Uh, a little bit more understanding of, of how we can understand how to actually walk in this pathway God has for us. Amen. I hope you're still with me. I hope this is getting good for us because I'm trying to give us something that's going to propel us, you know, during this year in 2021. In verse three of John, uh, in, in verse three of Philippians chapter two, here's what the apostle Paul says these words. He says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. Let each of you not only look to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind in yourself, which was also in Christ Jesus. And I love that. And I just want to say just a little bit uh, that he focused on this word called selfish ambition. The same way that I think that you could describe carnality you know, which is trusting in your self-interest more than the interest of, of Jesus Christ. He says, do nothing from this kind of perspective, but actually think more on others than you think of yourself. And I even love what it says in verse four, let each of you not look to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. You know, summing up what Jesus Christ is saying is really the great commandment. You know, the great commandment is loving uh, our neighbors just as much as we love ourselves, looking outside of the scope of your own life so that you can actually give more toward what God actually desires you to do. And that is the opposite, I think, is which is the hallmark and the basis of what we're actually talking about. Because we started uh, digging deep by actually looking at the, the basis of sin, the foundation of sin. And I was trying to get us to understand that before sin even gets started in your life, it's always about your selfish motives, your selfish desires, your selfish ambition. And when you actually focus too much on those issues, it begins to conceive in our heart what's called sin. And God actually is trying to get us to understand in John chapter 8 that we must be set free from that perspective. We must be set free from just focusing on our own self, but actually begin to live a life that is truly a life that is lived in the spirit. When we live a life that that uh, uh, lets our selfish ambition, lets our selfish desires, lets our selfish motives die, we can begin to live a life in freedom of what God actually desires us to do. And that's where life gets good in God. That's where life begins to, God begins to bless us. That's where we actually begin to experience the blessings of God, where God pours out the windows of heaven because we've decided, I'm not going to lay hold of what's in my hand, but I'm going to freely give it to God. I'm not going to lay hold of what's in my talents. I'm going to freely give 
good to God. And God says, let me take you on a journey so that you can actually now experience some great things. So, so let me finish up with these last couple of words. In verse 33, as they answered him, we, are, we have never been enslaved to anyone, but we are the offspring of Abraham, they said to him. How shall we become free? Jesus answered, and truly I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in him forever, but the son remains forever. And as we talked about all of this today, what I wanted us to get to was the pinnacle of this statement. And the pinnacle of what Jesus Christ is saying is that even as all the things that have changed in this world in this last year, even as all the things that you've experienced have been a little bit uh, worrisome or even made you feel anxious, the one thing that will never, ever, ever change is me. You know, that's what Jesus Christ says. I am the thing that will never change. And he says that, I want to read it one more time for us again. He says in verse 35, the slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. He's trying to give us an understanding that he is eternal. His word is eternal. It's the word that we can actually trust. Live your life in it. It's a place where you can actually understand that I'm going to allow you to hold tightly to something in a world that is full of chaos. And when you hold tightly to it, you'll be able to get to the end prize of what I actually have for you. In verse 36, because that's what he says, if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. And that's where I want to be. And that's where I desire us to understand, you know, we want to be a people who is truly set free in God. You know, truly not bound by anything that this world can actually hold us to. You know, the pandemic can't hold us. You know, the racial tension of this world can't hold us. You know, the political environment can't hold us. If we understand that the sun sets us free, we shall be free indeed. Amen. Amen. What prevents you from truly abiding in the words of Christ so that you can be set free and be free indeed? Amen. My heart is yours forever. If this message has been a blessing to you, I would love to connect with you in a greater way. You can visit us on our website at www.commonbondchurch.org and you can fill out a comment card or even give us a prayer request and we can connect with you. We're also available on social media through Instagram and Facebook and you can connect with us on those platforms. And as we close, I want to leave us with a word of benediction until we all see each other again. May the grace of God be with us. May the mercy of God be with us. We have one true Savior, and his name is Jesus Christ. Let us all go in peace until we all see each other again. Amen.